0: What is good, everybody? Welcome back into Form Whippin' and Ticket hitting, episode 15. So I'd had enough requests to kind of touch on how we handicap. So that's what we did in this episode. We start off kind of touching base on where we start with handicapping, what we look at, kind of some biases, all that. We try not to get too in-depth, but with that being said, if you are listening to this, make sure you have a form in front of you so you can kind of follow along with everything we look at and maybe get a little more understanding of how we go about all this good stuff. So once we cover that, we jump into the Saturday, May 14th, Farner Park Racing Card with Keith's early pick five, Andrew's late pick four as usual. So if you're ready, let's grab them forms, saddle on up, and let's cash them tickets. Welcome back in. We're going to just kind of touch quick. I've had enough requests from some friends, listeners, all that good stuff. Just kind of how we handicap, what we look at. You go to Fauna, you get their form, or if you're a little more serious, you get your DRF, you get your Briznets, Therographs, all that. I personally use Brisnet. Keith and Andrew, I know they use the DRF. Kind of our weekend warriors out there will get the fauner. The fauner form is more of the equibase. Personally, we've had better luck with the DRF. Myself, personally, I like the Briz just because I get little footnotes, especially on the maidens at the big courses. It'll say, this dam has produced three turf winners out of three starters. That's why I like the Briz myself. Andrew's been gambling on horses since he was 10 years old. He grew up with the DRF. Same with Keith. So that's why we're on that for them but Andrew what do you look at when you get a form you see a race just kind of quickly run through what do you look at
1: yeah so I would say first I look I'm a I'm a pace player um so I'm gonna look at the pace presence in the race um try to spot out a lone front runner or see if there's multiple front runners multiple speed horses if so then you're gonna look for a closer say maybe there's two two speed horses you might look for a stalker Um, every once in a while you're going to find a horse that's just going to be able to beat a two or three horse speed duel and just keep going i mean we've seen that quite a bit at fodder this year with with them izzy horses or you'll have a super horse that can close into a slow pace and still win but that's what i first look for is the pace presence try to find that front runner or that closer if there's a lot of speed in the race obviously i think we all look at jockeys and trainers um, especially at a place like fodder where they seem to be a couple hot trainers and a couple hot jockeys that are winning majority of the races look at their percentages how they do things like first off the claim um, how they do stretching a horse out for the first time how they are coming back after a win those type of things so you look at those percentages as well keith what about you
2: Uh, all the things you mentioned i'm pretty much i do the same thing some other things i kind of look at i look at buyer speed figures That's one of the big ones I like to look at. I like to look at what tracks horses are coming in from, if they're new to the track. Obviously, some of the bigger ones like Churchill, Keeneland, some of them California tracks. That kind of factors in on how I handicap a horse. I like to look at trainer numbers. I like to look at kind of how they've done on certain conditions. So like how they do on dirt, how they do on doing sprints, how they do in certain class of race. Uh, there's a lot to factor in when it comes to handicapping a race, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you said and what I said. I kind of just go through each horse and base on it like that.
1: Now, I'm a huge player of the Kentucky circuit, so Churchill, Keelan, Turfway. When I play that circuit, I kind of ignore the tr- – not. I mean, I don't really totally ignore the trainers, but jockeys. You use the jockeys with a lower percentage, you know, in the – five six seven percent that's where you're gonna get your price horses that's where you're gonna make your money so when i play the bigger circuits i do just kind of completely ignore the jockeys but like i said playing fauna, there's a couple of jockeys especially this year three of them probably that we're winning the majority of the races and that's hard to ignore
0: No, for sure. I'm a big pace player myself as well. I know DRF has it. Brisnet has a, what they call a speed par for the race. I know buyers have a buyer par. So that's kind of the first thing I do. If you look, obviously we're not a video podcast. so You have to have a form in front of you, but if you get into their past performances, they'll have their last race, the date, which race of the day it is, the distance, track condition, the quarter times, The condition of the race. Then we got, like on my Briz, we got some early fractions. We got late fractions. Then the big, bold number. It'll be the same big, bold number on your DRF. That's their speed figure. Then followed by that, kind of touch back where Andrew was. He's a pace player. So then you'll have their quarter calls. So if you are following along with us for this Saturday card, this one horse, Unsolved, was at the first call, was fourth by two and a quarter. Second call was second by one in the stretch. He was second by head, finished by one and a half. So you call him kind of a stalker speed type. The next horse, Lemons is gone, would be more of your closer. Was seventh, 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 fourth, and so on and so forth. So just to touch on what Andrew was talking there on the pace, and then jump into the four, my boy Gus. Every call of his past race, he was in first. So that's your speed horse there. So that's what Andrew was talking. You can go through those quick, the way he does it. And it looks like a few of them are pretty quick, but my boy Gus is speedball, speedball, speedball. If he can get out front, he's just going to keep running. That's what Andrew's talking about there.
1: Here's another thing you need to notice about this race is it looks like there's, when you look at it, there's two speedballs, one being my boy Gus, the other being Unsolved. But you kind of got to dig a little deeper. and You notice that they're both trained by Izzy, and he's not going to send them both out there to ding-dong on the front and against each other. So you'd have to imagine he sends my boy Gus while Unsolved can sit off the pace. So in my opinion, it looks like my boy Gus should be a lone speed there in that first race, and I see him to continue going. So you do got to look, you know, make sure you dig in a little bit deeper as well.
0: Yep, exactly. And back to my pace bar there, you see that both of them are speed. Both of them are Izzy's. Both were ran or both were rode by Roman last race. Unsolved on my end, I don't have the DR in front of me, but on the BRIZ, the par for this race and the condition is an 83. Unsolved ran a 75 in his last race, which was April 16th. My boy Gus ran on April 23rd, a little lower level of race, but his Briz speed was an 88. So he's above par. He's honestly the only one above par in this whole race. So he jumps out. If you're a speed figure guy, he jumps to the top just based off the par there. So that's the thing I kind of start with, and then as Andrew talked, he's a pace player. I usually start with the the pace pars, who's above that, who's right around that. I start with them, then I dive into the pace is how I do it. Once you learn how to do this, it's pretty simple, really, it is. It, it just takes a little time to figure out what everything means there. It's going to show you all that stuff. Well, how to read it. it it's simple how to read it. Once you know what means what, it's pretty straightforward, because then you're followed with your codes if they had LASIKs or blinkers, their odds that they went off, and then their top finishers in the last race. If you see seen that italicized horse in their last race, that means that horse went out and won its next race. And every once in a while, well, let's see here. Like the three here. Yaya's got more game. Our good buddy Grady's horse. Last race, he ended up around third. That was an open company. You dive in there and you look in the comments. Went to knees at the break. So you can forgive a horse for a bad break if you dive in there. I mean, he ran third still, but you can find a horse that ran sixth. In his previous races before that, he was running really good. And you're like, what happened in that race? Well, he had a bad break. It's right there. You can forgive him for that because it happens. Yahya can do that sometimes if someone grabs his tail. You just gotta look at them comments. You just gotta read into it. I mean, I say it's easy, that's because I've done it forever, but really once you get a grasp of reading the form, understanding what the buyer's speed figure, what the bris speed figure, how to see their calls in the race, it you can figure it out pretty decently. I mean, Andrews, give me a little bit of a look about it, but once you learn to read it, I think it's pretty straightforward. What else have you got? yeah
2: i mean i sometimes look at uh workouts kind of play a factor in what i pick as well more so in maiden races i would say just because you don't get a lot of information sometimes out of a maiden some of those first starters has never ran in a race uh, you got to get information from somewhere especially if you're not big on breeding information like i am like i don't know a lot about tires and dams like these guys do but I do look at workouts and stuff like that, trainers, how they do with first time starters and all that. Other thing I kind of look at when it comes to handicapping, I do sometimes look how they do at the track what their record is at the track so look at this one horse here in the first unsolved he's two for three at fawner if he likes the track that factors into my decision sometimes so there's a lot to read a lot to base it on but yeah like derek said once you do it a lot it becomes easy and it becomes quicker
0: right and just because i say it comes easy doesn't mean it's easy to pick the winner it's just easy to know what you're looking for and you can get a good idea of what do you think? I mean, that, that, that'd that be my top three. Let's go through our top three things handicapping. For me, it's my brisk speed figure, number one. Number two, I'm with Keith. How they do at the track is huge for me, especially at the big tracks on big days when guys are shipping in. There'll be some horses that have never ran at that track. There'll be horses that have only ran there three times and won there three times. So for that, that gives me a huge boost on that horse because as we've learned at Fawner in the big races, like the Bosselman, if they've never ran a bullring or a Fauner type, they're going to struggle a little bit. So if something's ran there and ran there good, that boosts them way up in my opinion. So that's my number two thing usually. Third would probably just be kind of like Andrew said, the pace, honestly. I that, That's my biggest fault. If they can use their pace and they are up to par on their speed figure, that's probably my number three thing. But I, I start with their speed figure. I look how they do at the track, and then I am just straight up basing it on how their pace is. What's your top three, Andrew?
1: Like I said, I'm definitely a pace player first. So what I look at first of all. And then I... I would like to look and see what has a horse done when he's been in this situation before. So say a horse is stretched out from six to to a mile 70. Look and see if he's done this before. Um, Has he stretched out off of a six furlong race before? How did he do in that situation? Or how did he do on the slot before if it's complete downpour? Um, How did he do third off layoff last time he was third off layoff? So look and see what a horse did when he was in this same situation last time. I'm in third, like, like I said before, look at them jockey trainer stats, especially the trainer stats. Those can be important. See how they do, like I said, on a stretch out, off of a layoff, first claim, those type of things. So if a trainer's good at something like that, they'll usually
0: keep rolling. Keith, what's kind of your top three things you look at, my man?
1: Well, I, when I'm going through
2: a race, first thing I'm looking at is the buyer speed numbers. So I'll look, I'll go through every single horse in the race, and I'll look to see what their numbers are compared to everyone else. And then my number two thing is I'm checking out the actual race. So I'm looking for front speed, I'm looking for closers, I'm looking for stalkers. That's my next thing I'm doing. And then probably my number three is going to be the trainer. Training is so important with these horses. It it gives you a lot of information based on... Training, who he's putting on the horse, the trainer numbers, the information it gives you at the bottom of each, each horse. So those are going to be my top three, but those first three things I look at in a race.
0: So there's kind of our top three things we look at just to get started in the race. Obviously we dive deeper and go through all the other stuff as we do it, but that's, that's our starting three. This is a lot to digest. Have your forms with you when we're talking about this. So you can kind of follow along, just know what the heck we're talking about. But another big thing too, is what we call angles. There'll be pace angles, there'll be layoff angles, there'll be dropping class angles. Probably my top angle I like the most is a third off a layoff. So if a horse has not ran in 30 plus days and then they come back, that'd be considered coming back off a layoff. And for some reason, I've always had, I forget who told me about the layoff angle, the third off layoff. But for some reason, I always have good luck with that. So a horse will take a break from 30 days plus to I mean as many days before there have a comeback race kind of get them reconditioned back into the race mode second race still kind of doing that and it seems that third race if the horse has had success in the past this isn't for all horses obviously that not all third off a layoff are going to run but if a horse has had success at a track or just in its past at that same class it seems that third time they've came back and ran that they fire really big so that's probably one of my favorite angles to use on races a third off layoff Andrew do you got an angle that you just whenever you see that angle, that's what you're firing?
1: I've said it on here a couple of times. I would be, uh, speed going short, stretching out. So see, you have a horse that went to the front going six furlongs. Maybe he just got short in the lane and now he's stretching out to a mile. My thinking is he won't have to go as fast and can maybe hold on. So yeah, speed going short, stretching out to a longer distance is something that I usually always like to fire at.
0: Keith, what's kind of your big angle that you look for? Kind of what you touched on as well. But
2: I also like the, uh, I like the class i do factor that in quite a bit into my handicapping so if we're going claiming 5000 and the race before he was in an allowance race i mean obviously he's going to have some class relief there so i do look at stuff like that because they're more likely to run better obviously in a little easier class so that's probably my top angle out of all the angles
1: you know some people like to call me the maiden guru (laughs) um Anyway, anyway, one one angle I like to look for in a maiden race would be a horse on his second start. He did go to the front in his first career outing and just shortened up. Usually, in that second start, he's going to get a little bit more brave and have a little bit more juice and can finish off the race. So, if you can find a maiden second time starter that got short in the lane his first out, it's another angle I really like to look at.
0: I'm not going to say you're the maiden guru, but I, I do respect your. I pitch. was joking. No, I'm going to leave it in there because I like it. I'm not going to call you the maiden guru, but I do when we come to it and we're on a tough race, especially on first time, second time, third time starters. In those races, I do definitely, if we're playing a group pick four or a buddy pick four, I definitely do lean towards your opinion on those because you, you do, you got a little better knowledge on pedigrees than I do and stuff, and you can read them things better than I can because the maidens are tough because obviously they're maidens. They've never won a race, so. Let's touch on that quick, too. So we've got maiden horses, which are ones that have never, never won before. In the maidens, you have either maiden claiming levels, which means you're putting that horse in, trying to get a win, but you have a claiming price tag on it. Or you have maiden special weights, which you think is a horse that's got good potential. So you're putting him in this race, trying to break his maiden so he can advance classes, but he does not have a claiming tag on him. Then we jump into Claimings at Fawner. We do have the bottom level Claimers at 2500 and then moves up from there. 2500 3500 4000 5000 on up. That means those horses have at least one something. There's all the special conditions. It's it, That's a little more advanced stuff, understanding the N1X, N2Ls, all that stuff like that. Jump on into that. And then you jump into your allowance races, which is the next higher level. You're not quite to this stakes level. Better horses, quality horses that are gonna run in those conditions without having the risk of needing to run them in a claimer and losing that horse. And then from there you jump up into the stakes races, which obviously is your next level. And then above and beyond that, you have your graded stakes races. Which hopefully once the racino gets in, maybe we can get some G threes in here. It'll take a little time, but that'd be pretty cool. But You have your G3s, your G2s, your G1s. G1s are the cream of the cream. Your Kentucky Derbies, your Dubai World Cups, your Santa Anita Handicaps, all those big races where the big dogs come out to. That's your top of the top there. So that's kind of all the class stuff. This is just a quick crash course. Like I said, I've had enough people I kind of ask how we look at stuff. That's our quick crash course on that. Enough moving parts here, there, everything. We didn't get a guest in. We will do our best to get one in because it seems like y'all like our guests, so we will definitely get back on that train. But let's jump into this early pick five with Keith as usual for Saturday, May 14th. Start off race one. We're going six and a half furlongs for 8,800 allowance. Keith, how are you kicking this card off?
2: Well, I mean, taking a look at the race, I, I do notice that obviously we got our top speed ball, the four, my boy Gus. The six Halo Jacks has shown speed. The two in the past has shown speed. The one has shown speed. I am going to use the all button in this race. And I'm going to try to hit a price. So I'm going to try to hit... So I I obviously think my boy Gus is going to hit the lead, obviously. What a little bit of question mark for me is... How is my boy Gus going to do without Kevin Roman on board? If you look at the previous two races before that last race... Bethke was on board... Went to the lead, had big leads, and then he died. That's a question mark for me, so I'm not comfortable just leaving him alone. The one horse, obviously, isn't the other Izzy horse. I don't see Izzy sending both, so I do think the one's going to have a good shot sitting just off the lead. But also, I do like a little bit uh, about the two. Lemons is gone. Yes, she's a female. She's playing going against the boys here, but she has shown some ability last year. She had two wins at Fawner. She kicked butt in the main special weight. She won the Pepsi Stakes. Not so much good luck this year, but I kind of looked at the recent workout. She's got a bullet on May 11th. and I think she might be ready to run a big race here. So, with all that information, I think I'm just going to hit the all button. I do think Yaya's got more game. Is going to has a chance to run a big one if uh, there's plenty of speed up front. Uh, he's shown ability to run against open company on the form. So, watch out for him. So I'm just going to hit the all button here. Hopefully I catch a good price.
0: Yeah, no, you make a good point on that. I mean, the, the favorites pop out for a reason, but we got Jockey Change. Like you said, we've got two Izzy horses in here. Heck, we've got two Anderson horses in here. It'd be interesting to see what kind of tactics they'd take. I, I'm fine with you hitting the all button, and not, you hope to catch a price because... Just the way the jockey colonies became. We got people shipping out to Prairie, Wyoming. It'd be interesting to see how these last two weeks play out. So, only fun of me. I think either you go with the two favorite, two, three favorites, or you hit that all button and hope for a price. So, Andrew, you see it any other way?
1: I kind of see it as a two-horse race. I mean, I don't have an issue, I guess, hitting all if you want to try to catch a price. But I think it's either going to be my boy Gus going out to the front and not looking back, or Yaya's going to break decent on Saturday and run him down, I don't see the other way, but not mad at you for hitting all. Let's
0: jump into race two. We're going six furlongs, optional claimer for 10,000. Non winners of four lifetime starts. Keith, where'd you land in here?
2: Well, I'm going to go four deep in this leg. I'm going to use, I mean, first of all, looking at the race, I do see quite a bit of the speed battle once again. I mean, if you're looking at the race, uh, the two preachers got speed, the three's got speed, the four's got a lot of speed, and the five has speed. So, I mean, there's just a ton of speed in this race. So, that's going to leave me on the number one horse, Ghostly Who. It's going to be my top choice in here. If you look, two back at the Grasmic, It was a four-for-long race, but he did finish strong. He won by a neck. His last start out on an allowance kind of had a bad break. Hesitation at the start. Lunged up a little bit. He is dropping in class here a little bit. So, I do like that one horse a lot. Um, Obviously, I'm going to use the four. It's a deal. Izzy Gonzalez here. There's a lot of good things to say about him. He's 3-for-3 three three at Fauners, 2-for-2 two two at this distance. Most recently won the Baxter, no problem, gate to wire. I mean, he's gate to wire at every race so far this year at Fawner. I mean, he's just a real, real good fast horse. So, obviously, I'm going to be using the four there. I'm going to use the two, Preacher. Um, he's had good Fawner success this year. He's got a, two close seconds his last two races. you uh, know, a nice, impressive win with the 66 buyer. Back on March 19th, Mark Hibden training, not too bad. And when him and Ramos get together, they're 33% winner so far on the year. So I do like that quite a bit. So I'll be using Preacher. And then I'm going to use the five gray rogue as well. I mean, another speedball. I'm using three out of the four speed balls here, but any one of these, if they get the lead alone, they very well could take it to the end. So I'm going to use the one, two, four, and five in this league.
0: This is one like Andrew talked. You look at the pace. You see nothing but speed. When it comes to that, you just got to look at who's successful at the track, what the trainers are doing, how the jockeys have done this year, and go from there. So I I don't have any argument for any of the others. The only one that hasn't showed that much speed would be the six, but he's also not shown much closing at all. So I don't see him. I think it's going to speed be a speed duel between them four that Keith mentioned. One of them is going to come out on top. I keep with them four. Andrew, you got an argument for anyone else?
1: No, not at all. Keith pretty much laid out the scenario. I mean, lots of speed. The one, Ghostly Who, should be closing. Last out. You know, that six furlong race just didn't really run at all. Did he not like the six furlong? I think he can handle the six furlong, so I think he should be able to close. Now my boy Preacher is in here, so, you know, my love for Preacher. Like he said, it's a there's a lot of speed in there, so he'll probably, probably get short in the lane.
0: Straightforward enough there. Jumping to leg three, race three. We're going six furlongs again. Philly Clammers for 5,000. Where'd you land on this third leg, Keith?
2: Uh, This is going to be my single leg. Uh, I'm going to single the uh, seven-horse DLs, girl. Um, If you're looking at the race, I just don't see a lot of talent in here. Nothing that really, like excites me a whole lot deals girl just missed at this level last time out i'm looking at the pace scenario i think he's got the best speed in the race so i do in my opinion think he's going to catch that lead he's going to go gate to wire against this less than par field in my opinion so i'm going to be singling the seven deals girl
0: a few others you can kind of make an argument for here there but I, i think from talent past speed figures i'm completely cool with singling that one there Andrew, do you see it any different? I mean, we got a two-to-one morning line up there on the four, but just from speed figure, I mean, that thing's 10 points less. So interesting morning lines in here. Again, we got short fields, people moving out. But, no, I think if you need to find a single like we usually do, I'm completely cool with the Yields Girl. Just You got Dave, you got Jake, you got better speed figures there. I'm cool with that. Andrew, anywhere else?
1: No, not at all. I think that's a good single. There's no, Keith. I'm good. Oh, yep.
0: There's Keith single. Let's jump into leg four, race four, six furlongs, five thousand beginning clamors. Keith, where'd you land in here? Uh, I'm going
2: to go four deep again here. I'm going to use the one tap attack coming out of the Izzy Gonzalez barn. Obviously, Izzy's going to throw Jake on board. Them two haven't worked very much together this year. They've only, you know, Jake's only rode for him twice. So I mean, you can't really go much off of that. Looking at his last race, kind of, you know, he started a little slow, but. He, he did win in the lane, 5,000 non-winners of two. He's going to be going up a little bit in class, facing non-winners of three. Izzy is 28% winner when he, won, when he wins his last start, so I'm going to use that one horse tap attack. I'm also going to look at the five, but Minister Mark comes out of Mark Hibden. Brian McNeil's on board. Two out of five at Fawner so far on the year. Just had close second his last time out. If you look two back, he had a nice win. At the claiming 5000 level non-winners too i think he's very much capable of winning this race i'll be using the five but minister i'm going to use the six here basically going off of Derek, what Derek likes as far as ankles go he's coming third start off the layoff here i think he's getting better each start i do think he could show something in this race as well bruce anderson and beth key 23% together. That's pretty good here at Fawner. And then I'll be using the seven, my true reward. He's one for five at Fawner so far, two for eight at the distance. I'm not going to say much about that last time out. Just didn't have it. The race before, though, he just barely missed with the close second by next. Uh, 17% with Stetson Mitchell and Pedro Ramos. So I'll be using four horses. I'll be using the one, five, six, and the seven.
0: Nothing to add for me on that. Andrew, you got anything to add? Or are we uh, pretty good there? 1567.
1: We are good there. I don't see any of the other horses with much of a chance in here.
0: Easy enough. Let's jump into the last leg, leg five, race five. We are going six furlong, state bred, 35,000 claimers. Keith, how are we cashing that ticket?
2: Uh, I'm going to use two horses here. They're the two horses that I think stand out from the rest of the field. First horse I'm going to use is Judge's Bribe. John Jude on board out of the Marissa Black stables. He's ran, I mean, his first my second race, second race so far on the year. He had a real nice win. He won by five and a half lengths. Didn't have much... Trouble winning that one, despite having a bad break. Then the next race out, clammy 35,000 state reds. He just missed a win, getting second by neck. Uh, he'll be tough to beat in this one, especially if he duplicates any of those two races. Then I'm going to use the two. I knew a gal like that. I mean, kind of basing on the same thing that Judge's He's head. His last two races have been really good. He broke his maiden March 6th. Nathan Haar rode him no problem to a victory. His last time out, he got third by half length. Judge's bribe was also in that race. Um, they finished real close together. So, I mean, looking at the rest of the field, there, you can make some cases for a couple of the others, but I think the one and the two are the best in the field.
0: So, I'll be using the one and the two to finish it out. I agree. As you said, you can make it out little bit of a case here or there for the others, but I'm with you. The one, the two stand out just from what they've done here lately. Their track record of fawner connections. I'm totally fine with that. Andrew, anyone else you see in this state bread? I know how much you love the state breads.
1: No, I think Keith pretty much nailed it. Either the two is going to um, go gate to wire or the one is going to run her down and, and win, it, win it at the end. Um, it is interesting that the two, two six-year-old Mare running against the boys, but she's running against the boys in her last three and fared pretty well, so I think she'll be all right again.
2: Yeah, I, I did notice that all uh, Par and Mus- Musquiz here are uh, connecting for 44% so far on the year, so they seem to be uh, clicking very well together. So that's another thing I kind of enjoyed about that too, Horse.
0: Yep, 100%. Good connection there when they hook up. Keith. Let's run through this early pick five ticket for one more time, would you, buddy?
2: Yeah. In the first leg, we're going to hit the all button. We're going to use all six. Second leg, we're going to use the one, two, four, and the five. In the third leg, we're going to use the single, the seven. In the fourth leg, we're going to use the one, five, six, and seven. And in the fifth leg, we're going to use the one and the two for a $96 ticket.
0: There you have it, folks. That is Keith's early pick five for this Saturday Fauna Park racing card. Jumping to Andrew's late pick four. Starting with race six, we are going six furlongs, 5,000 claimers. Andrew, how are you kicking this late four off?
1: Yeah, we'll start it off with what I feel like is an easy single of a lone speed horse. That's going to be the four subscription. Like I said, I think the subscription will be on the front end. All by is lonesome, and I don't think he'll stop. Uh, Rivera's 10 of 49 uh, winners at the meet for 20% and 23 of 49 in the money. So Rivera's having a good meet. Uh, Ramos jumps aboard. Um, He won't have any any issues duplicating those races with, with Kenny up. So we'll start with a single of the four subscription. Pretty easy in the first leg. 100%
0: One hundred percent agree. Even just from straight speed figures, that thing sticks out like a sore thumb. I am in total agreement on that single. There, Keith, you got an argument for anyone else? Or are we just uh, subscribing a subscription and moving on?
2: Uh, not to win a uh, subscription shouldn't in this race. I've said that before, but you know, I'm just looking at the at the race, the four stands out from the rest. So I am completely okay with that.
1: Don't be shocked if my boy Garfield Garnett jumps up on the two and knocks us out of this late pick four. Garfield with his first man of the season. Looking forward to seeing it.
0: Leg two, race seven. We have the inaugural running of the state-bred buzz bar for 20000 going six and a half. Andrew, Caleb on the go. are our friend, the Gary. Are we even deeper than that? Where are we landing here, my man?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go three deep here. We got one horse I see being on the front, one horse I see just stalking, and one coming from the clouds. Uh, my top choice is going to be the one coming from the class. It's going to be the five-horse, four-reel. Ramos gets up for Dean Bliss. I see a little bit of a speed duel happening here between VR-friendly Gary and the six too-many captains. And if that does come to fruition, I see the five-horse, four-reel coming late um, in the stretch to get up for the win. I will also use the one, claim on the go, who I see as being the stalker in here, sitting just off of those two speed balls that I talked about. Wise and Jake are thirty-one percent together. Wise is twenty-four percent. You look, and then if you look, at this horse just throwing bullet works. So Caleb on the go should be ready to go. Good, he's going to have the first run at them two speed balls. I will use one of the two speed balls though. That's going to be the two VR friendly Gary, and we'll use him just because I mean we've seen all meet long that these horses can duel on the front end and keep going in the lane. So we'll throw him in there. We don't want really to get knocked out by him just in case he can keep going. So it will be one, two, and five here in the second leg. Casey, you got anybody else in here?
2: I'm just reading over my notes. It's going to be a pace battle up front between the two and the six, like Andrew said. I think it sets perfectly for the one or the five in this one. I do like the six just a little bit, just in case, you know, like Andrew said, he's going to use the two in case he gets that lead all by himself. I mean, you could say the same thing for the six, too, so... I kind of enjoy the six a little bit as well.
0: Leg three, race eight. We're going six furlongs for bottom level. 2,500 claimers. Climbers. Andrew, where are you in here?
1: Yeah, okay. So the third leg here, we're going to be three deep once again. Uh, we'll start with the six, Frodian sip who could be a lone speed here in this race. First time out for Izzy, last out, went to the front with Roman up. Uh, One for fun by three and a half lengths. He could do the same again today, but there is that nine horse in here, Ferrari Road who has shown speed in the past for Mucky. There's, so there's a chance he gets out there and ding-dongs with our top choice. And if he does that, I'm going to use a couple others. Um, those will be the five, Convict Pike, for Wise and elisiac again. Like I said, they're 31% to get Together. He is shortening up in distance, coming coming back for a mile, going to be going six furlongs here. So I think he'll be able to close into that pace a little bit better than he did last time. And one other horse we're going to use, another another closer, is going to be the three, Little No Way, for the Haars. I think he would be one that would sit just off of that speed of Lafronian Sip and Ferrari Road and get the first chance to to run them down in the lane if he's good enough. So we will be three, five, and six here in the third leg.
0: I personally, just from speed, figures in their past performances. I think even if the six and nine go out and fight each other, those two are my top two picks. Andrew makes a good case for a closer. If they do out there, as Steve would say, ding dong battle up front. But myself, I am just six and nine. Keith, you anywhere else?
2: Um, you know, not really. But I, I will make mention of a horse I've been kind of enjoying all year long. I mean he's I don't know why I enjoy him a whole lot, because he hasn't done much for me, but um, I have picked him a couple times in our podcasts over the year, uh, the 8 Sealy. I used him in my trifecta last week, and he did get third, but I did not have the second-place horse, I don't think, or something happened. I didn't cast the ticket, but I had him in there. If you look at his last race, he did run pretty well, considering when he was 48-1, to he had a nice closing kick. I think he might be able to make some damage late. The horses Andrew kind of mentioned, I think, are the top three contenders so
0: that's all i got perfect let's jump into race nine last leg of this late pick four last race of the day you're going six furlongs five thousand clamors Andrew, where are you at in here how are we cashing this ticket my man
1: yeah we'll just go uh too deep here to end the pick four we'll start with the one horse the great generation I believe he's gonna be the lone speed stretching out from four furlongs Out to six furlongs. will be his second start here at Foner. He got short just at the very end, going four last time out. Like, as I said, this is one of the angles that I I like to use. Stretching out to six. Maybe Lulart can harness that speed back a little bit and going six he'll be able to keep going so he'll be our top pick then we'll also use the six most amazing um if the one horse does get late in the lane i see the six horse most amusing being the one that's going to run him down weiss and elisiac again like it's been talking about all all night 31 percent together i think he's going to be able to sit right off that one if the one can't get all the way home i see the six horse being the one that's going to run him down so just one six to close it out
0: I do not see it any different than that, Keith. You anywhere else to finish this card out and get paid? Uh, I'm. I love
2: the six, most amusing. Um, I think he's the best horse in the race, in my opinion. So I'm. I'm cool with the horse. Two horses, Andrew used. So
0: Andrew, let's run through this late pick four for our audience one more time, please.
1: Yeah, we'll start out single in the four. So uh, there'll be one, two, five with three, five, six with one, six for a whopping
0: nine-dollar ticket. Easy enough, as we said last week, played a couple times, double it up, triple it up, quadruple it up. Seems that straightforward to us. That's how we're going to attack it. That is our look at the Fawner Saturday card. Anything from last week on a positive. We recorded last Thursday, so Ethereal Road hadn't scratched. The eventual winner, Rich Strike, had not gotten in. So <laughs> technically we weren't wrong. <laughs> Because we get, didn't even get to talk about the horse. I still wouldn't have picked him if we would have been able to talk to him. What did you guys think about that? I mean, just suicidal pace up front. An incredible ride by Sonny Leone to do what he did. If he tries to swing him out, that horse don't get there. So, incredible ride. What what's your guys' thoughts on last weekend?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just a suicidal pace, like you said, that set it up for an impossible result. Uh, Ridge Strike was clear back and ran late and got it done. I think another... Very impressive um, run was from Epicenter. He was, what was it, the only horse that was up on the pace that finished inside the top 10 and he finished second. So that was pretty amazing. Look for him to keep being successful throughout the year.
0: Yeah, I believe Epicenter was one of the front eight and the only one to end up in the top 10, I believe, was Epicenter. For for him to do what he did, plus fight off Zandon. Zandon was coming good and he kept just fighting that horse off. Epicenter is a well whale of a racehorse. Keith's been all over him. <laughs> Well, the racehorse is just a perfect pace setup and one hell of a ballsy ride, beautiful ride by Sonny to get Rich Strike home there. I mean, it, it reminded me a lot of mine, that Bird's call. No one saw him until the last 16th before I even got his name mentioned besides the opening call. Everybody cleared drug tests. We have our first normal Derby results in, what, four years? So that's nice to have that. But it, it was just all kind of, it was interesting. It, it was, I mean, like I said, awesome storybook.
1: There was an interview where Reed said, a bunch of his owners' crew bet very late, and they won over six hundred thousand dollars. So, I mean, they I don't know how much they would have bet, but you know, when you're ninety-nine to one, it doesn't take a whole lot to drop you down. So, if they won six hundred thousand, I mean, it could have just been them betting him late that dropped them down a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, that that was my thought too. Big enough owners' connections. I mean, you got a guy who just manages to get in. You're gonna put some dollars on him, even if even if you just have the money to do it, put a hundred on him. You're gonna drop the mods from ninety-nine to eighty pretty quick. So. No, it' awesome deal, cool story, good for all them. I am a little, I don't even know what the word would be, a little bit amused that he's not going to try the Preakness. I, I mean, I've read that he's doing what's best for Rich Strike, but when you have a story like that, you want to see that mind that bird type of deal trying for the Preakness, try for that Triple Crown. So it's a little, little sad he's not running there. Best for the horse. That's that's totally cool, totally understandable. It'd be interesting. Like I said, we'll have Preakness next week. We'll cover that again. Obviously, it won't be as long or as in depth because. There's going to be half the field probably there at the Preakness. Epicenter, he's coming back. If he doesn't have the suicide up front, he's going to look good. I know Andrew's going to be all over early voting if he can get out there and keep running, but this is our too early just quick talk on the Preakness there. Keith, you got anything else from last weekend, my man?
2: I am mean, touching on the derby. I mean, congratulations to the connections of Rich Strike. I mean, we didn't have a chance to talk about him because we didn't even know he was getting in, but – I think a lot of shock on everybody's faces, and if you happen to have him, congratulations. But Epicenter, I mean, he looked amazing. I mean, that suicidal pace you guys are talking about. I mean, there's he stood up there the whole time. He nearly won the race, even with that pace. So I think he's going to be really, stru- really tough to beat in the Preakness. I don't really see anybody beating him. So, I mean, Zandon looked good. Uh, simplification looked good. A lot of disappointment from the other horses. I mean, Taiba, Mezier, um, Barrio, they were all disappointments. Um, if you're looking at some of the other races, I mean, it was exciting to see Jack Christopher. He looked really good in his race. Jackie's Warrior looked real nice. Congratulations to them too. I'm excited to see their next races.
1: I hope somebody uh, listened to the pod last week and, like I said, stuck around till the very end. My, if you remember, my pick of the day was in the last. I was eleven strobe. Thankfully, he came through and won by plenty of lengths. Um, saved my weekend because obviously got crushed in the derby. But I had a hundred to win on strobe, and I had twenty dollar double. So he saved my weekend, and hopefully, someone else cashed on him as well.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, our single talk last week on the Horses to Watch all come through huge. Jack Christopher, as you mentioned, ran big off his big layoff. Strobe, Andrew called. We were all all over him, too. I I didn't have as big a double, but he was huge there. Jackie's Warrior, I've heard a few guys on other pods say he's a fraud he needs to set up. Jackie called them all frauds and just romped them, so no, that's cool to see. But, yeah, no, I mean, we were 90% right on every race last week, Just, just the one we didn't get to talk about. Or the one we talked about, but the horse wins that one we didn't get a chance to talk about because, like I said, we recorded, and uh, he wasn't even in the race. So that's just part of it, and good on them. Even if we would have talked it, I sure the heck didn't have him, and I know you guys didn't either. So we got uh, this weekend of fauna racing, and then one more weekend after that. So make sure you get out there. Weather's going to be gorgeous. I will not be in attendance. I have my niece's wedding this weekend. Andrew, my man, how you feeling? This will be... this afternoon once you guys listen to this and this is posted but uh your first part ownership running tomorrow how you feeling my man nervous yeah, like I
1: t- like i told you earlier i uh already super nervous feel like i got a horse run in the derby and i actually have a fifth of a horse run in a five K claimer but um if, can, if we can get out of the gate and i think he's got a got a good shot he's definitely got a, he's a speedball so let's just hope he can get out and get rolling early and maybe get over the rail and get us the win picture but yeah definitely nervous
0: no, definitely, and I, I'm looking forward to Photoshopping myself in that wind picture. I've got rehearsal tomorrow, and I was trying to plan it out to still make it because, heck, you've been there for every time our horses have ran, and I don't know if I want my butt railed by the wife or niece to thread that line that close, but I'm definitely going to be watching. Make sure you leave me a little spot in there. I'll Photoshop myself in there. So
1: I guess we no. should tell everyone it's the
0: four-horse street and sour in the second race yes sir street and sour i mean that's my favorite chicken nugget dipping sauce is sweet and sour so i mean street <laughs> and sour he's got to do some good so
1: but well, no he's but- got good breeding and like i said he's a speedball but i don't know how far we're only really going for i don't know how far he wants to run but hopefully jude can get him out and see what happens
0: yeah for sure no hope you're nothing but the best hope you get in that winter circle it'll be fun to watch him run and that's even this is my second year to just part of horses, and that nervousness don't leave, and that's that that just shows right there you've got the passion for it, and it, it's a blast to enjoy it, man. I'm like I said, I'm sad I'm probably not gonna be in attendance because you've been there for one of mine running, and it is what it is, I guess. Just I'll yell at my niece for making me miss it. So. Life happens. Life happens. Life happens. So, but Keith, you got anything else, buddy? I'll be watching as well. I mean, I gotta work tomorrow, but it will be on the
2: computer, and I will be watching the entire thing. So.
0: No that that wraps it up for us again this week. Like I said, just wedding stuff going on. I'd had enough requests on that handicapping deal, people moving around. Different tracks, this, that. We thought, heck, let's just do this handicap and talk quick. So that's where we're at there. We're going to start. I'm going to start shooting out some DMs. We're going to get some people on here now that Derby Week's over. That's part of it, too. Everybody's kind of on their Derby hangover. So, But, no, we'll get more guests in. We'll keep having fun with that. Like I said, we only got two more weekends of live fauna racing, which is two bonus weekends. Heck, last weekend we got the inaugural Diamond Joe Stakes. Everybody remembers Diamond Joe one of the all time Nebraska greats. Make sure you get on Twitter. Follow us at th. Like I said, Andrew's been doing a stellar job with that. Greatly appreciated. Make sure to follow us, subscribe, like, rate, review on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. All your support is greatly appreciated. We love your feedback. Keep coming at us with ideas. Like I said, I've had enough requests on this handicap, and so that's why I roll with that. But yeah, well, until next time, fellas, let's cash some tickets. Uh-oh. We
2: ballin', wallin' on you done. Scared money don't make no money Scared money don't make no money Scared money don't make no money Uh
0: We ballin' ballin' on you dummies I'm so lit, sports center, gotta post my clips One layup and they treat me like I'm Luka Donchick 2-6. Yeah, we used to conflict. Turning brand new YG sneakers into Louboutin kicks. Red bottoms cause the blood bled out them all down. If I miss them, 400 red dot them all down. I was thinking about walking up a stack of crates. But I was busy stacking (laughs) cake.